Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus, who is the living Christ. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for this day, for the many gifts that you have given to us. Lord, we ask that you be with us and guide us and that you help us to be your disciples, that we may go out and proclaim your love to all people. This we ask in your name. Amen. How often do we want to be somewhere and be in that in-group? We want to be where everyone follows us. We want to be in that space, that, that group that people desire and search and want to go and be part of. I mean, after all, we are human, right? And we have those kind of thoughts in our minds, even though we might not want to truly admit them out loud, but we do have those kind of thoughts. So we want people to come and to follow the things that we're doing. Something about it's we want to be in charge or we want to be leading and not the follower, right? And to some extent, that's sort of what was happening in our gospel lesson today with the disciples. The disciples were worried about people not following us. Jesus, there were people who were casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop them because they were not following us. Jesus reminds them what? Those who are for us can't be against us. And, and furthermore, if you are a stumbling block, if you are somebody who's going to stop someone from hearing the gospel or proclaiming the good news, you might as well have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea. Now, what I find interesting is that in Greek, the word for stumbling block that, is, that, we, transfer, that we translate to that is skandalizo, which is where we get our English word scandal. How many of you have ever been part of a scandal? Uh -uh. <laughs> now, maybe it's not a scandal that is of newsworthy proportions or where people are calling those trucks and we have folks that are having things happen to them. But what about this? How many of you have ever taken a rumor and you had to share it with somebody? We all have done that, haven't we? If we're going to be honest, we all have done that. And what is that doing? Oftentimes, rumors are what? Completely untrue. They have absolutely no basis of fact, but they're a rumor that gets started, and what happens when that rumor is shared? It starts to spread, and it grows, and it gets bigger and bigger. And like it or not, when we have done those kind of things, we are in essence, being part of a scandal. We, in essence, are being a stumbling block to those who are around us. We don't like to hear those words, but it's true. It's true. And I don't know about you, but, you know, they still haven't found Jimmy Hoffa. I don't know what happens if you put the millstone around the neck and throw you into, into Hoover Reservoir, right? 
The bottom line is what? We need to be people of God who are going to share the good news. And Jesus goes on to say a variety of things. But if your hands causes you to do something, cut it off. It's better to be maimed than, than enter hell. And it's better to cut your foot off or you pluck your eye out. And the church has never endorsed the cutting off or the maiming of oneself. Matter of fact, some of the old martyrs who did that were looked upon very poorly when they did that. But here's, here's what you need to know about this. The word that is translated into hell, at least in the New Revised Standard, and I think in, in most of our Bibles today, it was referring to a place called Gena. G-E-H-E-N-N-A. It's a place south of Jerusalem where... At one point, if you go back to 1 Kings, you'll hear about that's where people went and sacrificed children to, to a god, not our god, obviously. And it was the place where the people of Jerusalem would take their trash and it was burned and it was a perpetual fire that was constantly burning. And so when Jesus used that language, the people who he was talking to knew exactly what he, would, what he meant a place of so disgusting horribleness that nobody wanted to go. No one would want to be there. And so it's like it's better to do this than to be thrown into that fire, into that horrible pit where idolatry had happened and where sacrifice of children and where trash was being burned and it was just horrible. Now, yes, we as Christians believe in heaven and hell. Don't get me wrong, but what I want you to think about is what would that place be for you today? And I think for each of us, that place that none of us would ever want to be part of, we, I, I can't think of that spot right off the top of my head of where all of us would be like, oh yeah, I don't want to go there. But where would that place be? And think about that as that movement of that movement of what Jesus is saying to each of us. That that's where you could end up. But yet, Jesus goes on to say, but guess what? Salt. You are salt. Salt's going to be, you're going to be have fire and salt. And back in the days of, of the when the Israelites would bring burnt offerings, they would bring grain and they would add salt to that grain and burn that as part of their offerings. And salt was what? A thing of purification. It was something that would preserve and purify. And salt is what Jesus is referring to us, but he then tells us what? But if a salt has lost its saltiness, what can happen? It can't be replaced. And he reminds us that we are that salt, that, that promise, that, that purification, that love of God that comes to us. And if you really take all of today's gospel, if you really take all of today's gospel, sorry about that tech team, um, what, is, what is this gospel telling us to do? It's talking about how we can be an instrument of the love of God in Jesus Christ to this entire world, to the most vulnerable of people. Because Jesus came 
and proclaim the good news, not only to the disciples, but to everyone. And even the outcasts, those who weren't even included in anything, Jesus proclaimed the good news. And so how can you and I be instruments of the love of God and Jesus Christ to the most vulnerable? That's what it's really all about. How are we going to share that love and proclaim the good news of Jesus? We're going to do it because we know that God sent his son, that he was died on the cross and he was raised from the dead. In a few moments, we're going to celebrate holy baptism where we claim yet another child in the name of God, where she will hear the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that she will be marked with the cross of Christ forever and sealed by the Holy Spirit. We will remember that gift and promise of God in our lives. Through that waters of baptism, through Holy Communion as we come forward and taste the bread and the wine, the body and the blood, we are forgiven and we know we are forgiven people. And now we will be that forgiven people who will be that salt, who will go out and proclaim and share the love of God. Today's gospel is just that. Can we, as the people of God, touch the vulnerable, touch those who are in need? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And I hope and I pray that together we will go forth in God's name so that all will come to know of God's love. Go now and serve. In the name of Christ, amen.